Welcome to We All Pod Down Here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. And in case it's not obvious, we are going to be talking about the new Scream movie, but also talking a little bit about the prior four as well. Yeah, kind of a franchise overview sort of thing. Yeah, so obviously we're, for the years, it's going to be 96 to present since this one just came out in 2022. And of course, we're going to have one coming out supposedly, I believe, next year or the year Yeah, next March. It's next March, okay. Mm -hmm. At least that's the tentative plan. We'll see if that comes to fruition. We're going to get probably sequels 7 to 1 million. <laughs> Oddly enough, this most recent one was released on my birthday. And I was really sad we couldn't go see it on my birthday because, you yeah. know, COVID bullshit. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it was released exactly 25 years and 25 days since the original film's release date, since the original one came out December 20th of 1996. I hope that was intentional. Actually, I do not believe it was because it got pushed back because of the pandemic that's true so it just worked out conveniently nice i like it when those kind of weird oddities happen yeah and there's a lot of that throughout this whole franchise of little things that have kind of happened like even the ghost face costume you know the mask and everything was created in 91 was just like a generic thing being sold and they found it and were like oh we got to figure out we got to make something similar to this because it looks like the scream the famous painting yeah and then they ended up trying all these different things to be similar and they finally were like screw it let's just get the rights to this i remember i had seen that particular ghost mask before this movie was made it was just kind of a thing that was around yeah I, I like that though because it's more similar I feel like to things like Halloween and Friday the 13th yeah. you know where it's something very generic you know a hockey mask a, a William Blue Shatner Sh mask <laughs> not that it's super generic but it's something that's not like not like he created that he just found it and it was convenient you know who thought that looked like William Shatner someone without eyeballs Apparently, because that doesn't look anything like Bill Shatner. No. No, it does not. At any point. I mean, no. he never his hair was never that disheveled. No, 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 no. So we're not going to do a full casting crew because at this point, I mean, we all know all five movies are going to have Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, David Arquette as Dewey Riley, and of course, our beloved Sidney Prescott played by Nev Campbell. And everyone else, you know, obviously all the movies mix up who's in them. Killer's different every time. Shock and awe. It's um, always a pair. So it's always a pair of murderers. Other than in Scream 3, but apparently someone, I guess, put some pieces together to find that there might have actually been a second killer. They said Angelina actually might have been the second killer. But I figured what we could do is just kind of talk about all five movies, mostly focusing on the most recent and talk about which ones we like the most, yeah. which we like the least. Because actually, I liked all five of them. Yeah, just kind of talk about the franchise. And this is something we want to do with a couple of other movie franchises, just kind of have a bit of a discussion about this franchise as a whole, their impact, which ones we like the most, least, etc. Just kind of an overall, yeah, cause we overall actually just bullshit session <laughs> yeah. about them. Well, we just binged all five of them because yeah. we'd both seen the first one multiple times. I had seen the second one for sure. I don't think I ever saw any of the others, actually, which I realized like after a while I was like shit I never did watch any of this I meant to three I never and, did three and four I didn't but I had definitely seen one and two though it's been such a long time since I've seen them that it was kind of like out of sight out of mind so it felt relatively fresh watching them again yeah well I remember we were watching it and it occurred to you you didn't even remember who the killers were in the yeah first one. I didn't I didn't and that one thing I love about these movies is Wes Craven didn't originally want to do these 
like just going back to like the first film like he actually wasn't going to sign on to it at that point he was kind of thinking of being done with horror wasn't he yeah he was thinking of distancing himself from the horror genre but one of the things that pretty much made him decide that he was going to go ahead and do that was apparently some kid that he thinks was probably about 10 years old came up to him and accused him of going soft and stated that he had more guts back when he was making movies like Last House on the Left. And at that point, he had just kind of pushed him over the edge and he called Miramax immediately. It was just like, all right, I'll do Scream. It's like, you know what? Fuck it. This kid gave me some shit and I got to prove that little bastard wrong. I want to know what fucking parent let a, ch- a 10-year-old child watch Last House on the Left. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things you could let children watch at 10. Like, you can get away with, you know, the Halloween's Friday the 13th you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Even then, a 10-year-old, those are a little... But Last House on the Left is pretty brutal. Yeah, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I was like, Last House on the Left is really not okay for children. Like, no, it's not, not, okay not okay for some adults. Really. No, there's a lot of rape and bad things happen. Mm-hmm. There's some really bad stuff. Wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I really love Last House on the Left. It's it, one it of my is, favorites. It is a classic, but a very brutal movie. And, did you, and fun fact, did you know that little boy... Was Robert Eggers? Hmm. I'm kidding. It actually, I have no idea who it was. But that would, I, that would add up. But I would, if someone told me that, I would have believed them. <laughs> you know, I immediately thought, well, it, probably the age wouldn't fit, but it had to have been Newman. <laughs> I mean, nice movie, pretty boy. <laughs> was there a second spitter? A second spitter? Yeah. What? What was? Was it John Carpenter on the grassy knoll? Oh Lord. <laughs> Oh, dear. And, you know, talking about, you mentioned briefly that these movies are very referential to the horror genre as a whole and very self-aware. I know that I really enjoy that. Like, a lot of the names of people in the movies and stuff are kind of little references to famous horror creators, directors, etc. There's a lot of that stuff in these movies. There's a lot of little Easter eggs that if you're a horror fan, you're going to find really fun. Yeah, so, like, if I'm, we're not going to go through all the trivia because, believe me, if you want to go through all the trivia, go to, like, any of, like, IMDb or anything like that. I'm not, and you will to, find... I'm not looking to do, a like, a five-hour episode, like, Astonishing Legends on that because yeah, we but could. That, that's what it would end up being because mm-hmm. these was, like, I went to go check some of the stuff to see if there was anything I missed. And I was like, oh, dear, this is a novel. Oh, yeah. There's so many little references, and they're really carefully crafted and intricately weaved in there. Yeah, like, it's like you see it's something like Behind the Mask Rise of Leslie Vernon, and there's a lot of Easter eggs in that, too. That's yeah. I love movies like that that are, one, very self-aware, and also just, again, a complete love letter to the genre. Yeah. I didn't realize though previously, I just had, I guess it had always alluded to me. I didn't realize that Wes Craven was originally turning down the film Yeah, because I know he didn't write it, but I didn't, I thought he was just like, yes, cause I love this genre. And yeah. then it's like, no, he was actually like, I want to like, distance I'm, myself I'm over the shit until some little kid was like, some little asshole really some, pushed him. Yeah. Some little asshole just pissed Wes Craven off. He's like, fine, I'll go make a movie. Fuck you. <laughs> Should have put it in the credits. Fuck you, kid. Well, in the credits of the first one, I'd have to look up the exact quote, but I guess the school they were supposed to film at, I don't know if they didn't read the script or what happened, but very shortly before they were supposed to start filming, realized that this was a horror movie and not a comedy. And were like, oh, you can't film this here. So In a lot of ways, this was kind of comedic. Well, no, it's definitely a horror comedy in many ways, but there's a part where in the special thanks in the credits where he's basically like, is a giant fuck you to the school. He's like, and no thanks given to the governing body of the Santa Rosa, California school system or something. I forget how it's worded, but it's like, no thanks to you. Fuck you. That's how I imagine Wes Craven saying it. No movie for you. No movie Next. For you.
But one of the things that obviously came out of this movie, I love kind of watching it evolve from like the first film, you know, there's no caller ID. I mean, like caller ID short, existed shortly after this. Look how terrible, like gigantic the cell phones were. Oh my gosh, the cell phones were massive. But the funny thing is that the caller ID, apparently like the purchasing of those increased like exponentially after the film was released. Like everyone had that was like, oh shit, no, I need to know who's calling now. Yeah, I get it. But it's like back then, it's just like, it didn't even occur to you. Just you'd answer the phone. Hello, yeah. who's there, you know? And when these movies came out, when the first movie came out especially, horror was kind of in a weird spot. Yeah. It was very much kind of the era of a lot of sequels mm-hmm. and a lot of not so great sequels. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a lot of good stuff happening, but there was a lot of crap. And this came along as kind of this, uh, like we said, self-aware referential kind of slasher movie, kind of going back to the roots, but also kind of satire to in some ways to a lot of those oh, films for sure. and it was a really great accomplishment it was really fun like this is a movie that brought a lot of fun to horror again it also ended up spawning a lot of shitty copycats yeah <laughs> which is a shame because the movie itself was great i had a lot of fun with it like yeah this is you know it's a nice like we said a love letter to, to the slasher film to the horror film and unfortunately it ended up being responsible indirectly for a lot of crap that came out. And a lot of, I know a lot of people kind of hold that to this movie. Like, oh, this movie didn't happen. A lot of this shit wouldn't have happened. But you can say that for a lot of things. So I well, certainly... You start tracing it back and yeah. being like, well, this and then this and then this and then this, you know? Dude, they were sending, they sent Jason in the fucking space. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> was, At least was... Ghostface hasn't gone to space. Though I do love in the new one where they like have some like flashback to like what's supposed to be Stab 8 and they're like basically making fun of themselves the entire time is like the best part. But they go back to like the Ghostface is like doing fucking like ninja moves and like the mask looks like a metallic. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of in that was the Jason X thing where like those yeah. weird little ants like somehow bring him back to life. Now that came out in 2001. So Jason went to space about five years after this. Yeah. But a lot of those sequels have already had been not great. But this really brought it back to to the roots a bit and it was really fun. And you know, most any kind of horror movie that becomes a franchise ends up spawning a lot of shitty copycats. This one isn't as responsible for a lot of garbage as other ones were, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast, unfortunately, is that once something hits with the public, then a lot of studios are just going to try to rip it off and make it stupid. Well, and it's the same thing while we constantly get the American remakes of really good Asian films because they're like, oh, this was really good and made money, but it's not in English, therefore Americans won't watch it, therefore we're going to remake it and somehow ruin it. And, well, they dumb it down and try to make it appeal to the... The masses. To the really overtly stupid general American public. And they over-explain so much in those movies. It's like they have to hold your hand. It's like, if you're not smart enough to understand what's going on in this real basic premise, then get the fuck out. I don't care. I don't need to have... Again, we've we've mentioned this for horror by numbers. I don't need you to paint a paint-by-numbers picture in front of my fucking face. Yeah. I can figure this shit out. But you look at the general American public, most of them can't figure out how to tie their fucking shoes. So That's why we have Crocs now. Yeah, pretty much. These are also people who wear sandals with socks. <laughs> or socks with sandals my god can you imagine that like put a pair of sandals on they put a pair of fucking socks over top of it yeah. <laughs> that would be 
would be interesting. To I'm say sure the least. there's an asshole who has done it. I'll be that asshole. I'll walk around <laughs> Disney like that, see what people do to me. Wouldn't be the weirdest thing they probably saw that day. No. No. Also, when I was mentioning earlier the cast and crew that all comes back for it, we should also give some credit to Roger Jackson, who is the voice of Ghostface. So he's credited as just the voice. But originally, when in the first movie, he was supposed to just be a placeholder, and they were going to dub over it in post-production, but they decided it was like so creepy, and Wes Craven had described it as intelligent and evil, and it was just, he said to be irreplaceable, and he's right. Yeah. Or he was right. was absolutely perfect. It's just, you hear that voice and you know. Yeah. And even the new one, where it sounds a little bit... Even in three and four, it sounded a little different. It, like, when yeah, we watched him, my question, like, is the voice different? Is it a different person? But he's a voice actor, so he obviously yeah. can very easily change his voice, so... Sure. I, just, I thought it was a different person, but, you know, you're also thinking about you have different people behind the, the voice-changing device yeah so it may be different inflections or whatever but it was yeah that voice became really iconic with that and also the whole mythos of the character when they were actually doing the scenes he actually was calling them like this was not like recorded any other way than him actually calling their phones and they hadn't even seen what the guy looked like but when he called he was calling from his actual like studio cell phone and apparently the local police picked it up and thought there was like an active serial killer and they didn't realize that it was being a movie being filmed oh boy so that today the studio had to explain what was going on. No, we're not really murdering people and quizzing them on what their favorite scary movie is. Yeah. There's something to an extent that's kind of fun always about that, the whole quizzing them on movies and stuff, because in some ways it feels like how in a lot of modern stuff, at least this is how I feel as like a woman, because with, throughout the franchise, there's only two people ever that are called that are male. Like they get the actual phone calls. Mm-hmm. But as a woman who's into something like, let's say, horror films or metal or fuck even like I have reptiles and tarantulas and stuff it tends to be male dominated not as much anymore but it's still to some extent is and there's always that ongoing joke of like a woman wearing a you know metal band shirt and Mm -hmm. immediately coming up and being quizzed on like the albums and stuff like that. oh I've seen it and I've always been like even like it's like for me that knows a lot sometimes I'm nervous to wear shirts to shows that I'm like I don't know if I memorized every single album and every single like song on that album and every lyric and therefore I'm going to get quizzed and they're not going to think I'm a real fan. Only, only someone who is like either has an identic memory or someone who is really, really, really like studying this kind of thing, like trying to be a, like a metal historian. Such as Matt Coe. Matt Coe. Love you, Matt. Our (laughs) friend Matt is literally a walking metal encyclopedia. But that he guy would has never... so much knowledge, but he is the least judgmental, wonderful human being. He would never, ever judge anybody. Yeah, you need him with you. an album from 1993 from this obscure new wave of British heavy metal band. He, no. But it's like you want him with you when something like this happens mm-hmm. because then he could like flip it on them and have every little detail mm-hmm. and just destroy them. But it's like, I just, it's the same thing with this where it's like these people's lives are on the line over this. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like that wasn't the intent from the get-go, but like thinking about it now, it kind of feels like that is part of it that it's kind of like, oh, you didn't know enough, then you're not really a true fan kind of thing. I hate that. I hate yeah, that kind gate, of gatekeeping gate, shit. Yeah, gatekeeping bullshit. Yeah, it's just because you didn't listen to the first Eucharist album doesn't mean you're not a fan of melodic death metal. Yeah. You should listen to the first Eucharist album because Eucharist is awesome, but... Yeah, but getting back to, like, horror, it's very similar, though, because mm-hmm. you get people, like, even if you're on, like, the subreddits, you know, like, Dreaded or anything like that, or if you're on a bunch of, like, Facebook groups, you get people that get in there and act like they're big shots. Like, one guy acted like he was this real big shot for having seen a Serbian film. Okay. And it's like, that he acted like, he important. acted like it was this, 
like he was super underground for having seen this. And I was like, bro, I think everyone knows about this movie. It's very well known. It's extremely well known, especially and in the de- horror circle. It's uh, it's known. It's yeah, it's like I don't know whether someone has seen it or not, but he acted like like his it, badge of honor, like his, yeah. his like proof of credentials. Back to scream. <laughs> but like you mentioned, saw like how it's torture porn and crap. They say that in one of the scream movies that yeah, it's you, torture porn and crap. You were sitting there the whole time. You're like, yes, thank you, thank you. And like, yes, so excited. right. Vindication. Yeah, but that's the thing is, again, I've said it a million times, I love so much about the Scream movies is the fact they are so self-aware. Mm-hmm. And they and I love that apparently the line that like Sydney's when she first like kind of comes into the movie and she's on the phone with Dewey and he asks, you know, do you have a gun? She goes, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. <laughs> and I'm just, apparently that was Nev Campbell's idea to actually include that. And I was just like, that's so perfect because it's just like, of course Sydney fucking Prescott has a gun. Of course. And if you go with these movies, they they have all of them, if you're looking at them as a whole, they all have a very similar kind of narrative and attack to what they're trying to do. It's a great combination of a slasher movie and a whodunit mystery kind mm-hmm. of thing. So like a really bloody version of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Without the dog. Though the dog in, was it Scream? Three. Three. Yes. The, looked like a golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dog was the smartest one in the fucking movie. Smartest one in the room. Why? Because the dog never left her goddamn compound. Just hung out. Doggy was good. Yep. Doggy was very smart. The only real criticism I might have is that some, like when they do the killer reveal and like, you know, the big motivation reveal, sometimes it's a tad hokey, but yeah. I think it's pretty probably fitting with these movies aren't trying to be uber serious they're as you know self-referential parody to a degree in some ways as they are like trying to be like a seriously scary slasher movie these aren't really incredibly scary movies these i don't think so i don't remember a lot of instances where i was like genuinely terrified or anything like that i think they're just if you're a fan of horror slash slasher movies you're they're just going to be fun yeah and i think especially because there's so many little references throughout it that mm-hmm. it, that also makes it very rewatchable because so many are so hidden like if you watch in the newest one vince's knuckles on it have the numbers one four two eight which of course is the elm street house number from mm-hmm. nightmare on elm street so and apparently she, she lives on elm street and that was actually supposed to be revealed in the first one but it, when she was you know typing 911 to her computer but it had to get cut for time oh that sucks yeah, so that was supposed to bring it into the canon because I guess it was like released in some extent, but it wasn't fully proven to be canon. And so now they brought it to this, be like, no, damn it, this was actually canon. Yeah, there's so many little references with names of characters and everything. Let's talk about which one do you think was your favorite? Do you want to try to rank them? Yeah, I was thinking about trying to rank them. I say let's go from what you like the least to the most. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I went first last time. Okay, first I can time. go. I think probably Scream 4 was probably my least favorite. And granted, I'm going to say that I enjoyed all of these to different degrees. I don't think there's one that I actively dislike. I think I just like them all in different ways and different levels. I felt like Scream 4 was... It felt a little long in the tooth. It felt a little tired at times. Felt somewhat repetitive occasionally. Like the book signing thing, it was was okay, but it, it felt a little bit like a rehash in a lot of ways. Still enjoyed it, but that's probably my least favorite one. Yeah. What about you? I think actually three is my least favorite. The whole let's go to Hollywood thing. Yeah, it's kind of a toss up. It it, it it totally happens outside of the town. And Gail's bangs are just terrible. <laughs> yeah, it looks like she her hair went through a bit of a weed whacker. Yeah. Yeah, I, 
for me, it's kind of, it's, it's close. It's a toss-up between three and four. I think there's parts of three that I, like, little moments I enjoyed a little more. The whole, like, recreation of, the, like, the house and everything and how it really creeped some of them out mm-hmm. was cool. And they killed Jenny McCarthy, which was phenomenal. Yeah, that, that's definitely a good part. I just wanted them to, you know, give her a vaccine. <laughs> so for me, three would be my least favorite. For my fourth would also be four. Four would be the fourth. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was unnecessary to some extent, but also it was very, it was really good. I liked it. And like you said, the, the endings can be a little hokey to some extent, but I thought it was an interesting twist. It was the first time we had a female killer. Other That's than true. the fact that we, looking back on three, there's a chance that Angelina was a killer. But as of this time, it felt like first time that truly, really revealed there is a female killer. And again, her reasoning is kind of stupid, but it kind of reminded me of Better watch out where at the end she thinks that Sydney's dead, but mm-hmm. she's not. And she's just like, why won't you die? <laughs> why won't you die? So. Yeah, wh- her motivations threw me. Because it was like, really? Like, yeah, I want the spotlight, yada, yada. It's like, yeah, you're kind of going a little far for a little bit of. A little bit of viral sensation there. Yeah, you just make the virus video, you'll be fine. <laughs> That's who we really need to be the next Ghostface, though, is is Frank. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be great. Imagine Danny DeVito in that Ghostface costume. Like, I just want, like... Danny DeVito in the Ghostface costume, emerging from a couch. Yeah, <laughs> emerging from the couch. Because he's, he's just, just like... wearing the mask, and the rest of him's just totally nude. Oh, yeah, and then he's just, as he's coming out, he's like, somebody's gonna get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> make it happen, studios. I... Would pay good money to watch yes, that. Please. They should, they, you know, if they make another scary movie, that's what they should do. Oh my god! They should have him be Ghostface in the next scary. So, movie. Uh, scary movie was kind of happened because of Scream. Oh, it absolutely did because Scream's original title, working title, was Scary Movie. Mm-hmm. So and the first Scary that. Movie was cool. After that, what a bunch of shit. Oh no, I love the second one where they're in the house and you have a uh, what's his name with the the little messed up hand. Oh, That's yeah. my strong hand. Yeah. He's putting the little mashed potatoes. It has moments. I thought it was like, really funny. See, Scary Movie, some of those were fun. Like They kind of had their moments here and there. But my God, it got tired really fast. And then they started making parodies of other genres. Mm-hmm. And it just, it became, it kind of started like a. This parody thing. Like though. a 10, like a decade of fucking parodies. Most of which were really shitty. Yeah. First Scary Movie, great time. He said, second one was okay. Had its moments. After that, they were just trash. And a lot of the spinoffs were pretty awful, too. So, let's see. Number three, third favorite. Number three, I would say, would be the most recent film, Scream 2022. A.K.A. Scream 5. Yes. So, it's funny. During the movie, they reference that, like, you have, like, the requill. And it's they use the same damn name over again, which they totally did. It's like self-referential is fun. Yeah, because they were making fun of the stab. Well, it should have been Stab 8. They mm-hmm. just called it Stab. And they were making fun, of course, you know, like with the new Halloween, just calling themselves Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Child's Play. And they were like talking about like, you know, remakes that should have never happened. And yeah. like, they're like, the fans won't stand for it. And yeah. it's like, and that's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think it was the new movie was a good time. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk a little more in depth about the new movie in a bit, but thought it was a really good time i don't think it was as good as one and two there were certain things about the movie i didn't like i thought killing dewey was kind of stupid i, I, felt I like, did not like that i mean yeah sometimes they'll kill a iconic character in a movie han solo is the obvious one that sticks out in my head spoiler alert yeah if you haven't seen it it's on you but them killing dewey i thought was just doing it to do it they had they seem like the kind of reveal like a sort of a motivation 
Like, Gail's going to write a book about Dewey and stuff like that. But it just didn't add up great for me. I just felt like it was unnecessary. I wonder if the reason was, I'm wondering if David Arquette wanted to be written out of it. Yeah, I, I mean... I haven't seen anything stating that, but it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I know that him and, obviously, Courtney Cox got divorced, like, back in 2011. Apparently, they were going through the divorce during the filming of the fourth one. Wow. And apparently, they said that it was a little bit awkward, but it was, like, they were very, like, professional about it. They're still friends, though. Yeah, from now, like, now I think it's, like, obviously, the dust has long since settled. I think at that time, because they were going through it, it probably was a lot more awkward. But, like, now it seems like... Kind of like in the movie, they're divorced, but on good terms. In the movie, they hadn't talked to each other for a f- couple years. But yeah, I thought Killing Dewey was a little off. And I'm with and, you on the being the third for me. And they th- also talked about, they, they kind of self-referenced that. It's like when you have like the reboot or the, the requel kind of thing, like they always got, they got to kill off a legacy character. And they talked about doing, like the murderers talked about that with Dewey. Like, yeah, we killed off the legacy character. Blah, blah, blah. I, I still felt actually killing Dewey was sort of lame. Yeah, I was, I was really hoping like at the end he was going to come back and they were going to say like that they had pretended he was dead for like his protection. Because mm-hmm. if the killer knew that he was alive, they'd just keep coming after him kind of thing, you know? Like they did in The Dark Knight. Yeah. With Commissioner Gordon. That was so well done. So good. Yeah, I, it, I I enjoyed this movie a lot. I think it was a really good rejuvenation of the series. I mean, they hadn't made a new one in quite some time. Ten years. Yeah, so it was a good comeback. But I'd say it's, you know, middle of the road for me. For, yeah. For this. And that's I, that's yours as well? Yeah, I have a feeling our first two are going to be the same. Yeah, I think two we're pretty one. obvious. Yeah, yeah the, the first one's just so untouchable that I just feel like it's... Like yeah, it, first it, one stands on its own, which is usually the case for most. And I love in number two where they have the big debate about you know they're trying to figure out what the the, the, the which sequel was mm-hmm. better, the relevancy of sequels. And there's a talk like the sequel is never as good as the original. No, but there's some sequels that might be, and they mention a lot of ones that are really in that kind of well, he mentions film buffs debate. He mentions Star Wars, and he's like, "That's a trilogy that doesn't count. It's all part of the same thing." I'm like, "God damn it." <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I could see myself being in this classroom having this debate, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely, I've we've I've had that debate with multiple people before. So yeah, Jim and I have had those debates many times for sure. He and I usually agree though. Yeah, and that's the thing. You and I most for the most part agree. Usually some differentiation yeah. to some extent, but like in this, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. you were four three five two one. I am three four five two one. Yep. And I kind of the the bottom three I could easily change around with time. I feel like as well, like if I watched them again and again, I might be able to change those around. But one and two easily are the best. Yeah, I agree. Though I always was really sad they killed Randy. Yeah, that was the part I didn't like about two, was Randy going. I thought Randy was a great character they could have kept going. Yeah, I like that you have his like nieces and his niece and nephew in this next one. But mm-hmm. That's yeah. our order for the franchise, pretty similar. So what we're going to do a little different this week, just because we were kind of talking about all of them, is we're going to still rate and review Scream 2022, but we're kind of going to do, to save on some time, we're going to do the rating... And the review at the same time. So for me, for our overall as a film, I was going to give it a three. Okay. Just because I think that overall it had a lot of good aspects. It keeps with the same formula. You always have two killers. And in some ways that can get boring. But also I feel like the film's so self-aware of that, that they don't make it boring. And I feel like though with all the Scream movies after the first one, you kind of have to go in knowing it's going to be a very similar formula and going to have some ridiculous, like, you know, whodunit and going to each time be a ridiculous reason why they did 
did it. Even, you know, when they kind of put the pieces together in the third one, when it's Sydney's half-brother, apparently, they put the pieces together like that, and they do a good job of tying it all together. Even if it seems ridiculous, it is all tying together in some weird way. So for me, the big detractors are going to be the fact that of course, Dewey dies, which that upset me to no end. I just, I love his character and I want David Arquette to come back in the next one and still be a part of it. I want to, I need them to be like, just kidding. We had him pretend to be dead so the killer wouldn't come for him. That's what I want to have happen. I don't think it will. They haven't announced cast and stuff like that. And even if they announced it, probably the cast would be for like flashbacks or something, you know? So for me, it's a three. I still really enjoyed it, but I think you need to go into it knowing what it is and not expect some like groundbreaking movie. This is going to be just like the others where... You have a very similar formula. There will be some twists and turns, but go into it just knowing it's going to be a silly, fun time. Yeah, it's the fifth movie in the series, so... If you haven't not... figured out the pattern by now... Yeah, if you're a fan of the series or you know anything about the series at all, like you said, it's going to be relatively formulaic because it kind of created its own formula with yeah. the original Scream. The combination of the slasher whodunit kind of thing. They did a really nice meshing of those genres, and it's been that ever since and i don't certainly don't fault them for that my overall rating would also be a three i'd say just in the meaty part of the curve not showing off not falling behind <laughs> george costanza and it really is it's i think it's above average for sure if you're a fan of scream of any of the scream movies a fan of this kind of movie the franchise whatever go into this not expecting anything super new might have a dis few disappointing moments but overall it's going to be a pretty fun movie that i think if again if you enjoyed the first one you'll enjoy this one to some degree if you like self-referential humor and things like that and a lot of irony you're going to have a good time it's a fun movie it's nothing groundbreaking it's above average definitely better than the most recent halloween movie i'll give it that yeah for sure it's a good time i enjoyed it I'm not going to give it some rating as some groundbreaking thing because it's not, but I think they definitely accomplished what they set out to accomplish, and I hope the next one's good, and I hope they don't go one movie too far because yeah. you, we've seen a lot of franchises that it can go too long, and it damages it, and I don't think they've damaged it yet. They've had some moments where it got a little weird, but again, hokey series from the start intentionally and hasn't strayed from that. Solid movie. Yeah. Give it a three. For scare factor, I'm going to give it a two. None of the Scream movies have been scary to me, but there's a couple of jump scares and stuff like that. So they're, they're very minor though. It wouldn't be full on one for me, but it's like only just barely a two. So the first movie was much scarier than this one. Yeah. I think the first movie you could give a much higher rating on Scare Factor because it was relatively original. There was a lot of unknowns and they had some more scary developed moments in that movie. This one... It was more probably the most self-referential of all of the movies. I think it was the goriest too. It was definitely the goriest, but probably one of the least scary. Yeah. I don't think it was very scary at all. Yeah, they had moments where the killer would kind of jump out, but it was sort of telegraphed. Like there were a couple moments where they intentionally fake you out, of course. I do like the fake outs. Yeah, the fake outs are good. But yeah, I, I wasn't scared in any second of this movie other when they killed Dewey. I wasn't even scared. It was like, ah. Oh, fuck really i'd say scare factor is a two it's not a two. one but it's a two and it's barely a two it's yeah. almost a one it is it's more it, this is the movie's more comedic honestly in a lot of ways than it is scary oh for sure i, I still feel like the first one was the funniest though like i'll never get over matthew litter playing you know Stu and he, he got, always like, plays a weird kind of off his fucking rocker kind of character yeah like him and 13 ghosts yeah 
I mean, but, my God, he played Shaggy. Yeah, but when he's like the part in the first one where he's laying there and he's like stabbed and he's like, hey, I'm about dying here, Billy. And Sydney tells him, you know, that she's called the police. He's like, did you really call the police? She's like, of course I did. And he's like, my parents are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> like that part's just like, Idiot. it's like, it completely like takes it where I feel like it's like the perfect amount of comedic relief in a horrifying mm-hmm. situation that just like makes it just like yeah. utterly brilliant. Again, the movies, the whole series is meant to be this love letter to the slasher film. So and horror in general. So it fits to yeah. be a little over the top. For music and sound design, what are you feeling? Not a lot of really original music. You know, a lot of the songs they use were kind of rehashes. I'd say a lot of the overall sound design is pretty good solid nothing bad here nothing that's gonna blow your mind either i'd say probably a solid three yeah i was feeling a three on that as well just because i think that sounds of the kills and everything else are very well done but this isn't going to be like halloween or jaws or something where you're going to have like some iconic music you'll remember forever no we don't have that insanely catchy legendary john carpenter soundtrack going on here yeah like i said they reused a couple songs from the previous films which has been a running narrative and that's cool it worked. It was well integrated, but the sound is not going to blow you away. It was yeah. competent, and it was above average, and it was it was fine. Yeah. For effects, I'm going to give it a four, actually, because even though it's going to tie into gore a little bit, all of the, like, kill scenes and everything were very well done. They were very realistic looking, like... The knife the, through the cheek? The knife through... The, well, I was thinking the knife through the neck, where yeah. it goes, like, just through his neck and just slowly pierces out mm-hmm. the other side. What a cool effect. Yeah. Stuff like that, I just, I don't know. I get a kick out of really cool effects like that. And I actually, it's not as much of effect, but I'm going to kind of throw in the effects categories that David Arquette did his own stunt for his death scene. He had no stunt double. And that's probably because, you know, he was briefly a professional wrestler, so. Yeah, that's a fun story. Yeah, but I feel like that that, you know, is going to give it a little extra. I don't know. The effects can still be great with a stunt double, but it's just, it's fun to think of like that the actual actor was like, no, no, I got this. Yeah. His, his wrestling story is really interesting because... WCW was making a movie and he was a star and they brought him in for some actual angles on WCW television and actually gave him the world title. Now this is when WCW was really floundering. Uh, Vince Russo was a promoter. Vince Russo's an idiot and really fucked up WCW to a bad degree. A lot of people blame him for the, a lot of their downfall. Say it's relatively accurate. But yeah, this did it didn't work out very well. And this was one of the main points a lot of people point out as the downfall of WCW. But the movie itself was terrible. But it was funny in a terrible kind of way. But he's like a big a riff re- tracks kind yeah, of way. Yeah. But he's a big wrestling fan and he actually wanted to kind of legitimize what he did. So he went and got trained. He got trained by Peter Avalon who's a wrestler for AEW. He's not on TV a lot, but he got trained by Peter Avalon, and he went back to the independent scene to prove something, that he could actually do this. And he had a couple independent matches. He did a deathmatch kind of thing, and he got like a bad, I think it was a bad cut on his neck from glass or something, and bled a lot and got really hurt. And it's like, yep, not doing those kind of matches anymore. But he did a couple other like indie matches. He officially retired as a wrestler, but he legitimately did a couple indie matches to kind of prove his mettle and good for him he did a yeah he he really took it seriously and yeah. he's a big fan and david arquette's awesome maybe he'll make an appearance on aew at some point for fun i thought or did he already do that that he he made an appearance on well, a big thing with preceding aew still thing it goes on as a youtube show called being the elite which the young bucks the jacksons do that they do that with kenny omega he was on being the elite on one of their episodes it was kind of cool 
a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, it'd be really fun if you could get him to come back, but have him wear the ghost face mask. <laughs> have Dan I, Housen involved. Yeah, have Dan Housen involved because he's a huge horror fan, so. I just involved Dan Housen in everything. For sure. So what are you going to rate it for effects? Effects, I'd give it a four. We're going to be pretty much aligned on this, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think we both had a pretty similar feel for this. I know a lot of movies where our ratings are very different. This one, I think we're going to be pretty close. Effects are really good. I'd say this was absolutely by far the goriest of any of them, all of them combined, I'd say. But that also, like you said, it ties into the effects. They had to have more intricate special effects to achieve what they were, what they did. The examples you mentioned, like the knife through the neck, some of the knives through the cheek, things like that. There's certain effects they did a really, really great job with. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that it was the best effects of any of them. Yeah, for sure. For gore, I was going to do a four. You going to do a four as well? So we're going to just fully align ourselves or do you want to do something different? Um, Break the mold? I might give it a three okay. for gore. If you're comparing, and I'm I'm thinking of it in terms of the slasher genre in general, Mm -hmm. a lot of slasher movies are much gorier than this. Again, go back to Halloween. A lot of the Halloween movies are much gorier than this. For Scream, if you're writing, if if I was ranking on a level with Scream, it's probably a five compared to the other flicks. As compared to the slasher genre, it's a three. It's more gore than average, I'd say. There's a lot of blood, a lot of blood in this movie. They all had a pretty high degree of that but yeah. this one well, definitely went, <laughs> yeah this one definitely went a lot farther i'd say above average i give it a three i can definitely understand giving it a four though because it definitely went way beyond the other scream movies yeah except for the the first movie with the head crushing in the garage that was interesting yeah that was like it hit her neck i think like kind of like snapped like, her neck snapped their like... neck and they kind of like when they showed like sort of like her head looked like it was kind of being compressed a little bit Ugh. ouch yeah, that didn't look good. You know, garage door technology has improved so much that, you know, it would have been better yeah. nowadays. Wouldn't have died. Nowadays, it'd been like, sensor, wrong, go back down. Yep, yeah. I, That's I think... all I really got to say about it. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, You know, just as a recap, you're not going to get anything really new out of this. If you're expecting that, I think your expectations are way misplaced. Like, if you're coming into this expecting some... Elevated horror, as they exactly. say Exactly. You're not going to get something like The Witch that's really a mind fuck. You're not going to get... The Lighthouse. You're not going to get a Robert Eggers movie. You're yeah. not. You're just not. And I don't think anyone who expects that is, hasn't been paying attention. It's kind of like in Married with Children when they had Al Bundy lie about his age so he could compete in the Senior Olympics. And there was this guy who's like, you know, he's like, oh, I, uh, I've been just wanted to make my family proud. I just wanted to win that gold. And, you know, I even thought about entering in a whole year before I was eligible, before I was 65. What kind of example would that be for the grandkids? And then Al goes like, I'd have to be some really terrible person to try to cheat a man out of the glory he's been wanting for years. So it makes you think that Al's going to do the right thing. He's going to let the let the guy win. And he gets a glimpse of the trophy during the like the running race they're doing. He's like, hell with him. That trophy's mine! <laughs> And he wins, and they show him on the podium with the trophy, the other guy's crying, and they do this, like, narration. Bet you thought Al was going to let the old guy win. Well, then you haven't been paying attention for the last 70 years. (laughs) It's it's like, but Al has has a message for all you folks out there. It's not cheating if you don't get caught. (laughs) Just like with uh, George Costanza, it's not a lie if If you you believe believe it. it. Exactly, and it's kind of like... You watch Fairy Children, of course Al's going to cheat and fucking win. It's Al. He's an asshole. It's just like with Scream, you, the, you 
you're going to get a self-referential, over-the-top, kind of goofy, very aware-of-itself kind of movie. It's a popcorn flick. It absolutely is. You're going to probably have a lot of fun if you come in with your expectations in check. And I had a lot of fun with this movie, and I had a fun with all of the movies. I, there isn't one I dislike. It was a fun binge watch. Yeah, absolutely. It made for a good weekend watch. So I highly recommend checking the new one out. If you've been living under a rock, haven't seen any of the series, if the the premise sounds like something you might enjoy, check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. And to be fair, we actually hadn't seen all of them. but Yeah. I mean, at least sure. we'd seen the first one. Yeah, I had seen the first and the second, but it had been a while. And again, I, I have sequel phobia to a degree, especially around this time, because a lot of sequels are really bad. All right, with yeah. that, I think that's everything. So unless there's anything else you want to add? Well, just hope you enjoyed our disjointed overview of the Scream series. If you haven't checked it out, do so. Go yep. with open mind. Have fun. Movies are about fun sometimes. It doesn't have to be a serious... Super intelligent. Super intelligent social commentary, even though I love that shit. Yeah, it's like, I love that too, but I also don't need it to be everything I watch. Yeah. I don't need to come out of a movie with like a heavy feeling in my brain yeah. every time. Though sometimes I do enjoy that. Yep. And this has been We All Pod Down Here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Our logo was designed by Emmanuel Arroyo. Our website is weallpoddownhere.com. Email us at weallpoddownhere at gmail.com. And you can follow our shenanigans at weallpod on Twitter. And at weallpoddownhere on Instagram and Facebook. And feel free to suggest a movie you want us to review. Or if you just want to suggest something to make me really uncomfortable. Be afraid. Be very afraid.